Hello, listeners, and great to have you tuned in for our Sustainalized podcast, Walk the Talk on Sustainability, recorded at our Utrecht office. My name is Michel Kerbout, Senior Consultant with Sustainalize, and I'm joined here by my colleagues Quinten Gelijnse and Sustainability Lead from Booking.com, Thomas Lockin. Welcome both. Thank you. Thank you. Today, we're going to discuss the journey to sustainable tourism. And before we start, I would like to share some key insights with you, the listener, about the sector that I, came, that I only came across late last night. The tourism and travel sector accounts for approximately 10.4% of world's GDP and one in 10 jobs globally are in travel and tourism, making it one of the largest economic sectors worldwide, by, employ by employment even the largest. By 2030, almost 2 billion travelers will travel internationally. But despite this vital role in the economy, and like any other sector, tourism faces environmental and social challenges that need to be tackled. For example, an estimated 5% of the global CO2 emissions relate to tourism. Being aware of this positive and negative impact of tourism, Booking.com, as one of the largest e-commerce companies, can have a significant impact. And it's stepped up its game with the Travel Sustainable Badge. Welcome again, Thomas and Quinton. In short, Thomas, what is the Travel Sustainable Badge? Um, I think it goes beyond um, just the badge itself. If you take this Travel Sustainable program as a whole, and then you break it up into what the customer sees and what the partner sees, from the partner side, it's a full educational program where we support the partners on their journey. We try to segment where partners are in their sustainability journey. We offer them handbooks in the partner hub. Uh, it's translated into 30 languages. Uh, we offer support through uh, plastic pollutions and uh, COVID recovery. And then on the other side, we uh, give them a scalable solution to um, market their sustainability efforts. And then from the customer side, it kind of focuses on the findability because that's one of the biggest struggles consumers have is I want to, they have intention, but they don't really know how to find sustainable accommodations. So uh, from the customer side, it's all about findability. And um, there's definitely more on that on sustainability.booking.com as well if they want to click and read more. All right, thanks. And, and, and how does this, this translate into, into booking.com's booking sustainability strategy? Yeah, again... Um, it depends on who we're looking at. So from the partner side and the customer side again, um, the whole idea came out of research that we carried out. We've seen that there was gaps from the partner side and from the consumer side about uh, sustainability from the partner side. There was a lack of understanding of impact, a lack of incentives and a lack of knowledge or tools. There was this kind of assumption that it was all or nothing. Either you were certified or you were not certified. Um, and what we've seen through research is that the number of partners who were certified that were in our database, probably around 6,000 accommodations that have a certification. But when you compare that to our overall database, it's quite a small number, unfortunately. And then when we see with other service with our partners is that they're already enabling some sustainability efforts. There just isn't a way for them to uh, present them to the customer. And then from the cons customer side, uh, there's a lack of understanding on how to make sustainable choices, uh, transparency about what certifications are good and what are, are not, uh, what sustainability really is for them. And then there's a higher cost perception. There's the mm -hmm. idea that if I want to travel more sustainably, then I always have to pay more for it. Um, 
but what it comes down to overall is that we want to make it easier for consumers to find sustainable travel choices and then we want to support our partners in uh, showcasing their sustainability efforts and uh, yeah helping both along the way because it's a journey for us as well as it is for the consumer and the partner yeah of course i can, I can relate to that and we are a few weeks after the launch now uh, was the model well received how did partners and travelers respond we launched the badge in November of last year and uh, from that we have uh, tens of thousands of accommodation partners who have received the badge and in general the feedback has just been really positive, um, really supportive. I think people understand what we're trying to achieve, they understand that this isn't the finished product, they understand our intentions. Um, so that's really nice to see and it was kind of a reminder of why we've been doing what we've been doing over the last couple of, of mm -hmm. years and that partners are really looking for this and also customers are really looking for it too. So yeah, in general, really well received. Nice. Uh, Clinton, can you tell us a bit more on, 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 the, on, the, on the functionality? So how does it work? W what are we looking at? Yeah, definitely. So yeah, it's like Thomas said in the beginning, um, the um, sustainable travel badge uh, identifies more sustainable accommodations uh, by recognizing the uh, sustainable attributes that, that uh, bookings partners have implemented. And that way, um, the model uh, makes it easier for guests to make sustainable travel choices. And of course, one of the first things that we had to uh, make clear for ourselves was what sustainability means in the, in the context of accommodations. So, so back in the day, we uh, together with Booking.com, we uh, analyzed a list of about 100 attributes. Um, attributes is what we refer to when we talk about sustainable uh, characteristics that, that uh, accommodations have. Uh, so you can think about the purchase of renewable energy, uh, the elimination of single-use plastics, or the installation of um, water-saving showerheads, for example. And we brought that list down to uh, 32 attributes that are now live in the first version that the customers can see uh, or guests can see on the website. Um, and we brought that list down based on uh, the attributes that have the highest impact potential, relatively low um, operational and financial implementation effort, and limited um, complexity in terms of data verification and data collection. Um, so, of course, not all of these 32 attributes um, have the same weight or the same importance within the model. Um, their weight within the model really depends on the social or environmental impact uh, that they have in the local context of the accommodation. Um, so, and it's really up to partners to um, implement any set of attributes with, that have a combined impact that exceeds a regional threshold. Um, so one, once they do that, they are eligible for the Travel Sustainable Batch. Uh, alternatively, uh, partners can also um, be verified by about 30 uh, recognized um, sustainable travel uh, badges, including the EU Eco label, uh, the Green Tourism Accreditation, uh, and the approved labels by the Global Sustainable Tourism Council. All right. So, so data is, is, is a lot of the time collected by self-reporting of companies, of, of partners, actually. So is that data then, then verified at all? How, how, how does that work? Um, yeah, so when we look at how we collect data, there's 
three types of data that we allow partners to show in terms of, of their efforts. Uh, so one part of that is the chain sustainability program, whether they have their own internal program that happens. Uh, we collect that information directly from the chain uh, themselves. Uh, when we look at third-party certifications, which is the second way that we share uh, sustainability efforts, we collect that data directly from the awarding bodies and therefore it's validated and verified already, so uh, that's cool. Uh, and then the last part is that self-reporting of these attributes. Partners can log into the extranet, fill in the data points themselves, and press save, all good. Uh, of course, we need to check that data from a point of view of we want to make sure what the guest is seeing is actually true. So when they go to the, uh, the property, they experience what they believe they thought they were going to experience. And that verification adds credibility around the overall program itself. Um, so we have a number of different ways that we verify the information. One is that in the section in the action ad, we um, remind the partner about the terms and conditions about true and accurate information. Uh, we then uh, offer our guests the opportunity to fill in a survey after they stayed. So, you know, how was your stay, uh, the cleanliness and all of these things. And then there we ask randomized questions where if the partner said, I didn't have single-use plastic straws, we would ask the guest, did you see single-use plastic straws? Right. And from that, we're allowed to collect uh, enough data points where we can say that data is accurate or inaccurate. Uh, and then we flag anything that's inaccurate to the property themselves. The other way that we were kind of trying to work with is like third party uh, auditors or with um, like AI machine learning. All these kind of options are on the table for us. So we just need to explore how that works. Um, and also using third party certifications by saying, OK, we know if they have this certification, they already have X number of attributes. So we can automatically check that as well. So it's a combination of things. So we have two already in place. And this year will be a big year for the verification of that data. So that's probably one of the bigger tasks for this year. Interesting. Yep. And and um, if I understand correctly, uh, a lot of the information is also based on uh, on just binary input, right? It's 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 yes or or no. Um, so so, how can you then model that impact? Uh, how can you do that? Um, how did you yeah. tackle this challenge? Uh, yeah, yeah. It, this was definitely a challenge. Um, and, but the key thing for us was to establish what can this model do. Um, but also what can it not do and, and how does this compare with the initial purpose of the model? Of course, we know that that uh, throughout yeah, a lot of experience within uh, within data and karma footprinting that without data, you can't calculate an accurate karma footprint. But that's not what the model does. Um, the key thing for us to establish was that um, the only w the only reason that this model needs impact calculations is to assign importance um, to all of these attributes. So um, the model doesn't need to provide a customized water or karma footprint. And there's no uh, automatic generation of a decarbonization strategy, for example. Um, that's not what the current model uh, aimed to do. Um, obviously, this, this assigning of importance to attributes has to be as uh, accurate as possible. Um, and in order for us to do so, we try to implement as many region and country-specific factors as possible. Um, so what that means is that the, uh, all of the partners uh, see the same set of attributes, but the weight of the attributes within the model is tailored towards their local environment. Um, and to simulate this local context as accurately as possible for, for all 
countries in the world, for all partners. Um, we, for example, look at the local climate, uh, the CO2 intensities of the grid, the local water stress level, um, from the, the dependency on tourist income for each country, and even dietary preferences of the local population. Um, in addition, all impacts are calculated per guest room to correct for the fact that many partners operate at different, uh, at different scales. So that's, that's one side of the story. In addition, um, the second part is that the, um, yeah, the set, like I said in the beginning, partners can, can implement any set of attributes and that will result in a certain impact score. And that impact score is compared to a certain threshold. So these thresholds are made region specific as well. And the reason that we did so is uh, because it's yeah, very difficult for some regions to implement certain uh, um, attributes compared to other regions. If you look at um, the recycling infrastructure, infrastructure in Western Europe, for example, um, it's much more easy for, for par partners located in these areas to implement uh, recycling plans. Um, and, and similarly for, for renewable energy, it's not as available um, in, for yeah. example, Southeast Asia as it is for us here. Um, so that's why we set up these, these regional uh, thresholds. Uh, and yeah, those combined uh, allow us to build a, a local context for each accommodation where we weigh all of the uh, attributes uh, according to that local context and compare it to a regional thresholds. And, and through that process, we believe that uh, yeah, guests can book uh, the more sustainable accommodations that are identified uh, with absolute confidence. All right. Th thanks, Quinton. That, that, that sounds interesting and elaborate. Um, Thomas, could you share some key learnings with our listeners in th that you have learned throughout this process of developing <laughs> the Travel Sustainable Badge? Uh, yeah, a lot of sleepless nights. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, um, for me, I mean, it was a super interesting uh, process the last two, uh, two years, I, even working with yourselves, like getting to grips of how can we tackle a lot of these problems that were new to us. Um, but kind of, two things out of all of that, looking back, two things that really stuck out to me and that I want to make sure that I uh, kind of embody moving forward is this um, kind of working together. We do at Booking, we work with Travelers, the Travelers Coalition, to make sure that our models are aligned within the industry. Uh, so that's super supportive environment where we want to make sure that we have, you know, one version of the model in the industry um, to make sure that, uh, you know, our partners aren't filling in multiple versions of the same style of question and then getting different scores across different platforms. So we want to make sure that there, that we're working together. But also, you know, working together with you guys on this journey was, yeah, there was a lot of learnings at the start and you were super supportive for us. And the second thing that um, really stuck out for me is this idea of green hushing, where, you know, green washing we've already heard of, but green hushing where you're worried about the reaction, so you're almost afraid to say anything. And it makes you almost stand still. And you need, just need to believe in that if you're clear about your intentions and if you've tried to cover all the bases as possible, it's, it's not possible to do everything, but you try to do as much as you can and know that you're honest of where you are in your journey, that you're also learning and that you're going to fail uh, and you're going to make mistakes, but you can move on from that. And so that's kind of the two key things that I took away from the last uh, two years. Thank you, Thomas. That's very insightful and I think helpful for our listeners as well. So w we've got to know quite a lot about 
you know, what it currently is and, and, and where it is coming from. But, but where is it going, actually, Thomas? So the Travel Sustainable Badge, wh what, what's, 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 what's next? Next, yeah. Um, a lot of things. Um, it's a first version where we give partners this solution to um, share their sustainability efforts. So, of course, the model will grow um, as we work with the Travelers Coalition. We want to make sure that we're aligning our models across there as well. So there's huge growth in, in the accommodations uh, portion of this model. But um, yeah, really exciting stuff to, to follow for booking on, on the Travel Sustainable program overall uh, this year. Yeah. So stay tuned, guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately not, no. I'd like to thank you, Quinton and Thomas, for taking the time to fill us in on the Travel Sustainable Badge. So to all of you listeners, I hope, no, I expect actually from now on you will travel sustainable. And of course, reach out to us if you have any questions or ideas that you'd like to share. So please keep your ears open for our next podcast in the series.